Hi there, this is Sherry Lee Myers. Welcome to How to Connect with Angels. We believe that no matter what, every person has the unconditional love and help of angels, our messengers from God. But we have to be willing to believe and we have to be willing to ask. That's what our film, The Glitch, that we are shooting here in New Orleans is all about with the help of some amazing music and talent. If you're curious, visit us at theglitchmovie.com and take a look. But now, right now, let's talk to someone who's devoted to helping us make a divine connection. Dr. Gail Minchu is a licensed psychologist with a keen interest in the paranormal, metaphysical, and spiritual realms. She is the author of The Shadows of Destiny Saga, a series about a young lady with abilities most people don't understand. Dr. Minchu's latest book, written with Karen Lovero, is titled Live, Learn, Love. Rediscover your life purpose in 10 days. The book is a unique combination of channeled messages, prayers, requests to the angels, guided meditations, affirmations, and exercises, all designed to help us create the life we were meant to live. I spoke to Dr. Minchu at her home in East Texas. We are going to be talking with Dr. Gail Minchu, who is the co-author of the book, Live, Learn, Love, Rediscover Your Life Purpose in 10 Days. We will be covering a lot about what's in the book and some incredibly valuable information and affirmations and meditations. But first, we want to back up and get to know you a little bit, Gail. Okay. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's great to be here. Well, it's 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 so great to talk to you. I've been following your Facebook page. I'm a fan of the book, and I have a little bit of information about how you became familiar with angels and started working with angels. But could you help us under you began to understand that the angels were actually speaking to you? Sure. To be honest, I really didn't realize that they were talking to me at first. Um, My first inkling came after Christmas of 2009. My family and I went on vacation. And while we were traveling, I had this repeated experience. A storyline just kept playing through my mind over and over. And it, it was really like a movie. I could just see it in full detail. And this is broad daylight. I wasn't sleeping, nothing like that. Mm hmm. And I just could not get rid of this storyline. So I told my family about it as we drove along. And um, finally, I decided to start typing it into my new BlackBerry that my husband had given me for Christmas. So we're driving across Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, you name it. He's driving. I'm typing away. And by the time we get home, um, I realized that I have about 10,000 words of a story. And... I was just completely shocked. I transferred it to my computer. I had no idea it was going to develop into a novel. And so really in the early days of of my, I guess, angelic experience, mm-hmm. um, I, I communicated with the angels in the form of automatic writing. Basically, my hands typed what the angels told me. And it really took a long time for me to realize that I could talk to the angels outside of that book. Um, I, I could talk to them about everyday situations and things I wanted to learn, but it was a learning curve for me. Um, there were periods when I felt that I couldn't communicate with them. And then there were 
periods when we would have extensive conversations. So sometimes even now I still have to stop and remind myself, okay, you can stop and listen to them now. They're there for you. Is it a different feeling when you are speaking with the angels, when the angels are speaking to you? It took a it, it did take a while for me to realize that um, that they were angels. Now, when I was writing the Shadows of Destiny book and I completed that work, I've made it clear to anyone who asks that I didn't write this book. The angels gave me this book. Um, everything that that I wrote came from them. So, in in a sense, I knew in a way I was communicating with them, but it, it still wasn't clear to me. It it wasn't. Um, it, it was almost like, oh, well, this is a fluke. Um, they just gave me the information for the book. I can't really talk to them in a general sense. Um, and so, as time has gone on, it's become more clear. And yes, it is. Uh, it's a it's a different feeling when you hear that voice. The way I hear the angels is is really just my voice in my head, uh, but they are speaking through me. Uh, the way I'm, I know it's them is because they th- say things that I would not normally say. Um, the way they put together their sentences and the information they provide, it is not information that I would know, that, that I have um, access to or knowledge of already. So for me, that was the biggest way uh, of being able to tell that that it was the angels. It wasn't just some voice in my head. It wasn't... you. Know, dead people talking to me. Um, it, it, it's a, it is a different quality. It's a different quality of communication. Now, you are a licensed psychologist, right? Correct. And when you started your work uh, with Sha- the Shadows of Destiny, were you already a licensed psychologist? I was. Um, this is a fascinating part of your life is for me is to understand how did you reconcile working with your spirit and with angels with the practice that you had already in place oh my gosh it was not easy at all Um, I never outright refused to work with angels but early on I just could not see how to combine my work as a psychologist with the more spiritual aspects of working with the angels. Um, I was taught from a scientific foundation and trained uh, in my profession to keep any of my own spiritual inclinations out of my work. Um, Ethically, we can't bring our own spiritual um, beliefs into a session um, unless it's something that our patients bring to us first. So um, it, it was very a very tricky scenario for me. So as a result, I've been in what I call a spiritual closet for years. So um, I knew the angels were leading down me, leading me down the path of becoming a psychologist for a reason. And in discussing it with them, I, I came to understand that it would lend me credibility in my spiritual work later on. But I still struggled with incorporating that angelic work with my private practice. So I can't say that the issue is completely resolved now. Mm-hmm. Although I've started working my way out of that closet 
probably started about a year ago. Um, but it has taken tremendous faith in God and his plan for me and my willingness to believe in this plan that he's helping me create for my life, um, for me to be able to overcome my trepidation and, and to actually work with the angels despite my professional background. Uh, and I think it's really helped knowing that there are other professionals who have experienced something similar. Um, you know, Doreen Virtue, she was a licensed psychologist as well. I did and not I, know that. Wow. Okay. Brian Weiss um, was a psychiatrist when he stumbled upon past life regression. Um, in these scientific fields, we're, we're not uh, trained to give credence to this type of um, ability, this type of information. And so knowing that there are others who have gone before me in, in the, the scientific fields uh, has really helped me be able to kind of um, resolve that, um, the illusion of disconnect. And I say it's an illusion of disconnect because it's really not a disconnect. It all exists um, perfectly easily together. It's just, it's an illusion of disconnect because we're taught that they, it doesn't really exist. You know, in traditional counseling, we tend to look at the individual as having a problem or an illness, and it must be overcome. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we talk it to death with the various talk therapies, um, or we might refer the person for medication. Um, unfortunately, the medication oftentimes only mutes the symptoms that that individual experiences, and it makes it so they can function for the most part. Um, but they're not truly whole. They're not truly um, able they're, to heal. They're not healed. They're not healed. Yeah. They're just, they have a Band-Aid. It's like wearing a Band-Aid for months. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, often we approach, um, we approach these issues um, that a person is facing and we, and we use techniques that camouflage the problem, right. um, the experience. And, um, a lot of times what you'll find is that these people are feeling a disconnect and that's why these problems and illnesses persist. And so when we can work with the angels and help empower the individual, allow the angels to work through us and help focus on our uh, patient's strengths, um, our client's strengths, and ultimately help them rediscover uh, their connection with all that is. Mm -hmm. That is when true healing takes place. And so really what I see the angels helping with is shedding those various personas we feel we have to wear um, and seeing the importance of our connectedness with everything. And uh, this gives, I, I believe that this gives people a path uh, to find their joy, their peace, their prosperity, um, everything it is that they want in life. But as long as we continue to focus on their illness and their problems and um, all of this chaos and despair in their world, we're going to keep them in that, uh, that same frame of reference. That same negativity will be per pervasive in their life. But as we work towards strengthening them and helping them focus on what is really important in life, that's when everything is going to open up before them. That's when the healing takes place, when they gain that clarity in their life, and, and really when they take back their own power. How did the idea present itself for your book? 
Uh, I had always been interested in tarot and a friend and I would work regularly with them uh, both in adolescence and in more recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found the tarot rather nerve wracking. It's very Did you foreboding. say nerve wracking? Yes, nerve wracking. <laughs> Why is that? It's very foreboding and oh, wow. scary. And um, the the older interpretations uh, that you come across, the, the more standard interpretations are just fraught with with danger and mm-hmm. ominous messages. Yeah. So I found that I needed something that was a little more gentle. Um, So in 2014, I began um, really becoming interested in angel cards. And by September, I had come across a certified angel card page on Facebook and began following along. Well, I never commented on the page because I was afraid someone from my real world (laughs) would see the comment and ridicule me. Um, you remember, as a psychologist, I was still in the spiritual closet. Yes. And after a few weeks, the angel card reader posted a link to her closed group. Well, I felt that since it was closed, I could post in there and comment. It would be more private, and so no one from my real world would really find out. Uh, and that angel card reader was Karen Lavero. And somehow, amazingly, we hit it off and just became fast friends. By twenty, by October of 2014, she had invited me to be one of the admins in her group. And by December of that year, my family and I made arrangements for a family vacation to Florida to meet her. Oh. Um, we also, during this time, Karen had asked me to look over some material she had written. She was hoping it would make a good workshop. And she knew that I had written before and wanted to see what I thought about it. So I read it. I promptly returned it to her and said, Karen, this is not a workshop. This is a book. Um, So she asked if I would like to write it with her. And uh, over the next several months, she would send me chunks of information um, that she channeled from the angels. I would try to make sense of it, edit it, organize it, add to it, um, ask her for clarification or more information or simply channel additional information as needed. And so by September 2015, that's less than a year um, of us knowing each other, we had published our first book. So it's very clear to us that it was, this has all been divinely guided. We're going to talk about chapter 10 because chapter 10 is something a lot of us can relate to. It's about forgiveness. Yes. Chapter 10 is, is titled, I Forgive Myself and Others. How do we know... Dr. Gale, that we have forgiveness work to do. What are the symptoms? Well, a lot of times when we dwell on the should-haves, the could-haves, the would-haves in life, that's a sign telling us that we have some forgiveness work to do. It's it's those regrets or that resentment or that anger, that bitterness. Oh, yeah. And, and a whole host of other mental and physical symptoms, stress, anxiety, depression, so, you know, as we hold on to all this negative energy, we're basically reliving some offending experience over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and when we hold on to that, that's really a sign, a, a key to let you know there's some forgiveness work that needs to be done, whether it's forgiving yourself for something that you've done or haven't done or forgiving others. Um, really pay attention to... Um, to those 
feelings that you have. If you're feeling that bitterness, that anger, that resentment, mm-hmm. that stress, um, if you're if physical symptoms are coming up, stomach aches, headaches, um, and you have these repeatedly recurring health problems, um, then it's it's very possible that there's some forgiveness work that needs to be done. And you mentioned also in that chapter that when we don't forgive, when we hang on to these uh, events from our past that made us unhappy and keep us unhappy, that the soul, it causes the soul to stagnate. I found that an incredible concept. Can you talk about that? Sure. You know, we're all here to be learning lessons and for our soul's evolution. We're growing. We're we're expanding. Our awareness is is becoming so much more attuned to all that is. Um, and when we fail to forgive, when we fail to recognize that we need to forgive, it's like for a moment everything stands still. Um, we're we're in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. We're it's almost like we're frozen in time because we're repeatedly reliving that terrible experience and holding on to that negative energy and perpetuating that negative energy. So as we're in this holding pattern, how can we move forward with our soul's growth? We're stuck. We're stuck in the past. We're barely living in the present. There's certainly no thought for the future because we're, we're stagnant. So as we release that unforgiveness from our hearts, as we release all of those should-haves, could-haves, would-haves, and, and that bitterness or resentment, we can then begin to move forward again in our, in our soul's growth. We can begin learning the lessons that we need to learn and, and um, expanding our awareness so that spiritually we're where we need to be rather than just, again, being stuck in that holding pattern, not enjoying our present, and definitely not preparing for our future. Dear Archangel Raphael, I reach out to you now with love and humility in my heart. Please help me forgive myself for any and all situations in my past where I have held on to shame, guilt, hostility, and or pride. Please Open my heart and show me how to release the past and bring forgiveness to myself. I ask that you lift this burden from me now. As the weight is removed from my soul, I release to the light all pain, suffering, and abuse so that it may be transmuted into love. From this point forward, I take with me only the lessons and benefits necessary for my soul's growth. Help me recognize that I am a sacred member of the human race and that I am also spirit with a soul residing within this body. I ask for healing of every part of this body and soul. Please ease the painful memories from my mind that result in unforgiveness of self I ask that this pain no longer weighs upon my heart, body, or mind in any capacity. From this point forward, I release all toxins and stale energies that I have held in my body through fear and grief 
and all energies or entities that remind me of these grievances as they are no longer needed in my memory bank. Please help me master the art of trusting myself and living in angelic peace. Thank you for your healing, Archangel Raphael, and for helping me to learn to give to forgive myself and released uh, and release past hurts. How do we know that a healing is occurring? Well, healing is so unique to each person. Yeah. Um, sometimes we feel such intense emotions um, as we begin to release baggage from the past and for, and begin to forgive. Um, but then there are some people that don't feel that release. They don't feel those intense emotions. And they're wondering, well, hey, maybe nothing's happening to me then. Maybe I'm not healing. Uh, the thing to remember is there's no right or wrong way to heal. Um, you will know that you're healing when you begin to feel lighter, like you're not carrying around some real heavy burden anymore. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll know that you're healing when you no longer dwell on certain situations from your past. Um, for example, one of the most um, well-known issues that involve needs to involve forgiveness are past relationships. So say you have a former, um, a former boyfriend or girlfriend, and there was a lot of hurt and pain associated with that breakup. Well, every day in your mind, you dwell on it. You think of it. Well, how could I have done this different or that different? Or, or um, did it really have to end? Maybe I can just convince them to take me back one more time. Mm-hmm. We dwell on this and relive a traumatic experience over and over. And so that is a, a huge burden to be carrying around. But when you get to a point where that begins to kind of uh, drift away, you're not having to dwell on that person so much. You're, you're letting that experience go. Then you're probably healing. Yes. Right. You're no longer that need to revel in the chaos or the tragedy, you're probably healing. You're well on your way in that journey. So the meditation for mending a broken heart. So many of us have had our hearts broken, but you're saying, you know, our hearts aren't really broken because hearts don't break, they ache. (laughs) Correct. So this meditation is really uh, intended to 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 show you the illusion of a broken heart, um, it will it will help you to release, like you said, some of that aching, um, some of that tragedy from whatever experience we've had. We feel things so deeply that it, that's why it feels like our heart is broken um, when we have a, a separation, a loss. Um, some type of a a tragic experience uh, with someone we love. So ultimately, this meditation is intended to help the participant realize that he or she is strong, fearless, deserving of love, can be fearless in love just because we've had some um, experience with um, with love in the past. It doesn't mean that that needs to taint every future experience um, that involves love. 
we are deserving of love. We are we are capable of love. Love comes to us as we attract it. So let's not wallow in the broken heart scenario. Let's instead help ourselves grow stronger and fearless and love deeply and love often and know that we're deserving of love always. Let's talk about a very interesting letter writing technique that is also, this chapter is so full of great things. The letter writing technique, why is that included? How does letter writing work differently from affirmations and from prayer? Okay. Sometimes people um, have a lot that they're storing up inside that they just don't get out. Um, and, and we need to have whatever outlets we possibly can to get any of those residual thoughts and worries and fears. We need to get those out. So the letter writing technique, and I actually use this a lot in my private practice as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It will help you, uh, when you don't feel comfortable speaking about forgiveness, it gives you that outlet and it helps you feel comfortable just writing about it. So it doesn't mean that you ever have to let anyone else see uh, the letters that you write. But sometimes just getting that that uh, burden out, getting those thoughts um, out of your mind keeps it from keeps you from dwelling on them. Um, now, in a lot of ways, we're kind of brought up to believe that um, forgiveness is just something you do. You just do it. Just go, Tommy, go forgive Susie for stepping on your foot. Mm-hmm. And we're just taught as children, just go. We're not really taught how and why in the mechanics of forgiveness. So you're just told to go do it. I mean, if it was simply the case that it's something you just do, then all we really need is a magic wand to wave in front of us that says, thou shalt forgive. It just doesn't work that way, though. We've never been given the tools to understand how forgiveness works. And that's why it's such a challenge for people. So as we write it out, um, we're able to tell the person we're upset with every single thing we're upset about. And we get that out of us. We express it, and it's almost the same as if we were to tell that person. Some of those things you want to say to another human being, they're hurtful. But we're coming from a place of hurt, and so some of these things may be hurtful. So let's get those hurtful things out so that we're not carrying them around with us, and they're no longer creating a um, an environment of toxicity. So... Um, you know, it, it's it's basically the same as talking it out with a friend, but not having to ever express it uh, to to another person. You just read a letter. But, well, let's. Can you read to us that it's a pretty short section? But could you read to us those sentences that help to propel people into this this exercise of forgiveness? Sure, sure. Um, Some examples of ways to start your letter or things that you might want to include. Uh, I feel that I cannot forgive so-and-so. I know the time has come to release this person. 
from the hurt that he or she has caused me. I forgive so-and-so for the hurt that he or she has caused me. I release all energy associated with the hurt that so-and-so has caused. So you, you, you need to identify what that hurt is. Identify the person that is causing that hurt and then release them. Release the hurt and release the person from responsibility because we can't carry that around with us, that energy, that negative energy around with us forever. Um, and there, I, I don't know if you, um, if you read that section, but once you write the letter, then you want to take steps to release your thoughts, your feelings, your worries, your, your fears, your unforgiveness. You want to release that to the universe. Let it go. You could burn it. You could bury it. You could submerge it in water, whatever you want to do with your letter. But put, put your statement out there into the universe so that your intention is set. Your intention is forgiveness and it is set now. Let it go and watch, watch the, the miracles open up in your life. Watch as the fear and the unforgiveness subside that the love starts taking over. What is the most powerful way to use affirmations? Well, you know, to be honest, I never thought much about affirmations in the past. Um, I've always been um, a little skeptical of the whole looking in the mirror and saying, oh, I love you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one. I, yeah, I never could get get uh, in, in sync with that, that process. Uh, but this book has really turned my thinking around. Uh, even throughout writing the book, Karen and I used affirmations for ourselves and for us as a team. Um, and we, we just find it's so much more powerful when you, you use affirmations to work with what is in your highest good regardless of what you want or what your desires are. Now, we can write affirmations all day that say, uh, I sell hundreds of copies every week of this book. Sure, we can make that affirmation. We can say that affirmation. And we're going to have sales, sure. But when you say, my work with the angels is put forward in a way that helps the most people and is in alignment with their highest good, then what we're doing is we're taking our ego out of it. Uh. Our ego out of the equation, and we're putting only the highest caliber and highest light possible into our affirmation. So, so as you're creating your affirmations, you know, you always do it in the present tense and it reflects something positive that you wish to bring into your life. But as you as you use channeled affirmations from the angels, for example, you're removing your ego and only putting out um, that that is for the highest good of everyone involved. It's very similar to what you would do in an angel card reading. When you begin, you ask, you know, Please allow only information in the highest of goodness to come through for everyone involved because you don't want your ego in there complicating things. Right. Affirmations for forgiveness. 
Yes, and just remember that um, in the book, we ask that you repeat them three days in a row. Um, that is what the angels asked us to to encourage. Um, affirmations can be said for longer periods of time. It's really whatever resonates for the person reciting the affirmation. Often, I recommend um, you know a period of several days to weeks at a time for optimal benefit. Um, so it's really what what you feel is right for you. So here are the ones for forgiveness. I am confident in my ability to forgive. I am worthy of forgiveness. I trust myself to forgive those who have hurt me. I easily forgive myself and others. My decisions are my own and I choose forgiveness. I forgive and am forgiven. Beautiful. Beautiful. The easiest way to get the book is to go to my website, www.gailminchu.com. And on the books tab, there will be information for all of my books um, and links directly to the distributor. Um, Live, Learn, Love, Rediscover Your Life Purpose in 10 Days is also available in a few stores local to East Texas and Central Florida, um, where Karen and I live respectively. And we're adding more stores as quickly as we can. Um, But right now, the best way is probably my website and then click the books tab. Great. The easiest way to find me on Facebook would be through my fa- my Facebook page, okay. which is just facebook.com slash Gail Minshew. Gail Minshew, be, okay. Yes, to be a part of the affirmation group, um, you would just um, search for angelic affirmations. Um, and that that group is all about affirmations. We don't do advertising in there. We don't do um, other spiritual Um, topics or themes we really stick to affirmations we feel it's important for the group that's why people join and that's what they're looking for so um, we really try to be um, respectful of that and and just make sure that it's all about affirmations it's a beautiful group I love going to the page I go every day and every day there is some a beautiful thought to lodge into my head to really keep my day uplifted. Uh, can anybody join? Yes, oh, okay, we, we welcome anyone. Anyone who is interested, please come and uh, request. Um, as admins, we do our best to support and, our, and encourage our members. You know, we, we, we want them to be happy there and to have a good experience, to be uplifted, uh, to find some affirmations that will be applicable in their lives. Um, so we really work hard to weed out fake profiles and um, advertisements and people who come for other reasons than to get affirmations every day. <laughs> well, that's that's great. Gail, it's been a, such a pleasure to talk to you. And I am really encouraging anyone who's listening to go to your website or go to our podcast page and we will link you to Gail's website so you can order a copy of Live, Learn, Love, Rediscover Your Life Purpose in 10 Days and get on this uh, wonderful path. 
And we we are going to be eager for your next book too. <laughs> Thank which you. Which is all about affirmations. All about affirmations, all right. yes. Nice. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you liked this recording and benefited from it, please, for heaven's sake, share it with your friends. If you loved it and want to hear more, go to theglitchmovie.com forward slash how to connect with angels, where you can listen and subscribe. Thank you so much.